Hello, welcome to the ALN Academy Talks. My name is Aisha Abdallah, and I'm very pleased today to welcome Dr. Giro Maheteme, who is the EGAD Health and Social Development Senior Advisor based in Addis Ababa. Welcome, Dr. Giro. Today, we would like to talk to you, Dr. Giro, about your role at EGAD, and in particular about what you have been doing over the last few years in terms of coordinating the COVID response. Welcome. Thank you very much, Aisha. Thank you uh, for having me. And uh, nice to be in your institution and glad to speak to you. Uh, my name is Groom Hailu. I'm uh, the IGAD uh, Regional uh, Coordinator for COVID-19 Response and also uh, Senior Advisor for IGAD for uh, working for the last 11 years. So, um, uh, as you know, IGAD is one of the eight IGAD is uh, one of the eight regional economic communities in Africa, uh, working for eight countries and the community of nations, and with the mandate of uh, working um, to complement the health and social social development agendas of the member states. Okay. So, um, IGAD is also working. Um, uh, in a number of uh, health and social development issues, including the COVID-19 response. Oh. So when the pandemic started, mm -hmm. uh, we have started our activity by heads of state and governments meeting, and then followed by the health ministers and uh, the ministers of finance meeting. Then we launched a regional program and supported by uh, the different partners, including the European Union, and uh, many of the UN agencies and the German government, so GIZ. So uh, the first focus was, um, you know, as you know, the EGAD pandemic hit all uh, the globe, yes. the continent also, or our, our region, and we were not prepared in so many aspects uh, to respond to this pandemic. So with the support given from our partners in the member states, mm. we have decided to uh, fill the gap of uh, lack of supplies. This is for vaccines. In, um, before vaccine, we were um, distributing materials to protect like masks yes, the person, okay. what we call the personal protective equipment, yes. and also to uh, strengthen the health system and referral system on uh, supplying of ambulances and also test kits and uh, PCR machine for uh, identifying uh, cases and also yes. nitrile gloves and so many supplies were mm. distributed to all member states on the selective sites. So this is a huge undertaking and it took us a lot of time and also the procurement and distribution has been a very tough and challenging activity. Yes. But we managed to at least distribute and uh, during the pandemic time to reduce the impact uh, of COVID on health and socioeconomic aspects. The other issue is we have targeted uh, populations who are living at the cross-border and right. these are very far from the center and, mm -hmm. uh, and very, um, you know, um, in a very uh, serious uh, risk for COVID and other emerging health threats. So uh, we want to make sure these refugees, migrants and IDPs are also getting services from the health service uh, facilities and the health workers are going to reach them to in the camps and also in, uh, in the cross-border sites on the migratory routes mm -hmm. and also we have included the trade zones so that okay. to make the trade zone safe, the traders, mothers, children are in a very high risk. Yes. So the agreed programs were um, to expand health services and also to also expand the water and sanitation programs. 
and most importantly to have a, a risk communication strategy and community engagement through public education. So this is a broad agenda of the project and, uh, I and can it's ongoing. Uh, ongoing and I can say it, it has been successful but um, it's not enough so we have to expand and scale up. Yes. Yeah. So I, I mean I think the things you've mentioned were challenging across the world. No one seems to have been prepared for a pandemic like this. Yeah. Um, and ex expose a lot of even developing countries in terms of adequacy of their healthcare systems. Um, I imagine that IGAD, um, uh, covering the eight countries that you do, there were a number of challenges um, that you had to overcome or perhaps you are still having to address now. Perhaps you could mention two or three of those challenges. Yeah, as you rightly said, Aisha, uh, the health system and the whole, and the entire, uh, you know, um, uh, system wasn't were not prepared for uh, responding to the pandemic, and in so many aspects, mm -hmm. in human resource, in supplies, and so adequate finance has never been allocated to uh, to health mm -hmm. and also social development issues. So we have to, um, you know, um, agree and also quickly act on. Uh, a number of issues. So the partners were very, very um, responsive and also the member states have also to agree on the same platform to work. The ICAD platform has been a very important platform to bring member states together. So uh, in isolation you cannot reach any 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 results. So yes. we need to collaborate, especially at the cross-border. So this was uh, one of the, the main activities that we have to try from scratch. So this was a challenge, but we have tried to do uh, a number of activities. One of the key activities is to establish a cross-border committees where border agencies, including not only heads, but uh, different sectors, immigration, uh, trade zones, and also law enforcement mm -hmm. agencies and associations, mm -hmm. and, and even the private sector. So we have tried to make these committees at the cross-border and then within the country and also collaborating with the, the next yeah, neighbor exactly. countries. Yes. So we, we have jointly organized a number of cross-border meetings. Mm -hmm. and then through these cross-border meetings, the border agencies have um, their role to play. to play. Yes. But some of the borders are very uh, long and porous. For yes. example, Kenya has a very long border with Somalia, yeah. much of which is probably not uh, policed or has official yes, yes. agencies. I mean, how did you deal with challenges like that? Yes, it, as you rightly said, the borders are very long, but the port of entries are many, but there are many, uh, very few uh, that are with high concentration of population, cross-border mobile populations, and also trade zones. These are selected, okay. and we have managed to target those with high population, and. Uh, a lot of movement of mm -hmm. influx of people. So um, we have identified uh, from each country three big uh, port of entries and the cross-border areas and trade zones. So um, the, the criteria and uh, the selection uh, was based on the number of population and also like crossing, crossing the borders okay. and at the same time whether uh, they have a trade zone movement or not. So uh, we have identified and uh, selected on, on the basis of uh, the population size. Okay, so another challenge I imagine would be that um, uh, different countries responded differently to the pandemic. Yes. So we know that not all countries um, took it maybe as seriously uh, initially. Mm -hmm. Some 
countries um, didn't have strict lockdowns, others did. How did you try and get consensus on the approach then? Yeah, the EGAD platform is the original platform bringing all the decision makers of EGAD member states together to mm -hmm. agree on so many uh, challenging issues like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So we have agreed, um, you know, in as much as the, <clears throat> the member states are in different stage of operation, but we try to make a consensus on how to prioritize activities and then also based on the priorities, we act on the cross borders. So the main, the main area that we have agreed is to strengthen the health system, that cross border area. For example, the, the health workforce in working in the cross border area needs to have a training. Training. And also yes. uh, sensitization. Yes, yes, even sensitization, you know. They need to be oriented on how to focus and prioritize without compromising the already existing health services in that area. So this is one. And uh, the other one is, you know, agreeing to um, include in our activity other sectors. To, to give it a multi-sectoral uh, approach okay. so that it's not only a health intervention or a health workforce activity only, but it will involve other sectors. Because you mentioned the private sector. Yes. Give me an example of how the private sector was able to assist you in this project. Yeah, in two areas, from the community and from the um, business uh, perspective, mm -hmm. at the cross-border, as you know, there are trade movements. Yes, so traders, yes, traders and also uh, private sector and investors who have uh, invested their um, resources on clinics and also pharmacies are, you know, uh, expected to play uh, okay. to, to cooperate with the health uh, offices and also the hospitals and health centers uh, that are existing at the cross-border. In, in, in a very um, larger um, area also, mm. uh, the trademark East Africa is one of the private sector that uh, was that? engaged okay. in financing and at the same time availing vaccines and also training people. So that, uh, you know, there are many players in this project. So it started from European Union, UN agencies, trademark East Africa, and even the banks, African Development Bank is assisting ECAD and the member states to fight this COVID. So uh, they are very financed and they are also technically assisting. So the private sector has a key role and yes. it has never been before, you know, uh, participating in a number of activities. But now, thanks to COVID, in as much as it is a challenge, mm -hmm. it is also an opportunity to bring in one People platform. People together. Yes. Okay. So that um, brings us nicely to my next question, which is that, as we know, the COVID uh, pandemic is continuing. Uh, we don't know how the rest of this year will shape up. Mm -hmm. I know we've relaxed in a number of areas and we are yet to see whether that will be effective or not. Um, there must be some key lessons that we should be learning um, how to do things better the next time we face a pandemic. What might some of those lessons be? Yeah, this is a very good question and um, as you know, we're not prepared and it was a very um, devastating effect of the pandemic, but it was anticipated at the, at the earlier time that we need to have an early warning system and also preparedness for any emerging threats and pandemics, epidemics and also outbreaks, but we were not prepared. We need to have adequate finance. We were not also uh, getting adequate finance from governments on health sector and also preparedness at the cross-border or at the vulnerable groups. So uh, the biggest lesson that we took mm -hmm. from this uh, uh, 
crisis. Uh, one uh, is to have an early warning and preparedness mechanism. And the second one is a continuous surveillance system and monitoring. And then, and then based on that, if we have any evidence of a health threat or outbreak coming, then an effective response mechanism should be designed. For this, we need to have a health workforce ready. We need to have a training of health workforce. And also, we need to have adequate finance. So uh, learning from the past, we need to agree with governments. And uh, the best platform is the EGAT platform to make a ministerial meeting for health ministers. And then uh, this usually is preceded by experts discussing on a number of issues. So we need to do more of that. And then if we agree on that, mm -hmm. then uh, adequate finance resources and technical assistance will be uh, mobilized from the partners. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, uh, and as much as it is a, a, a challenge, it was also an opportunity to bring all stakeholders relevant for this uh, response to come together and work together than, than ever before. Yes. And member states also need to cooperate because disease has no borders and we yes. need to, to focus, you know, uh, serving the community and special needs of vulnerable groups should be addressed and one of the area is health intervention. So member states between two countries or three countries need to cooperate and also under the regional platform, the member states need to cooperate and uh, work together. This is the biggest lesson that we learned and most importantly, adequate preparedness is the key. Yes. So I think the thing that you said that I will take away is disease has no borders. Um, so I think initially this disease was seen to be primarily affecting China and we quickly realized that it affects all of us. Um, do you have any comment to make on the availability of vaccines, particularly the disparity of availability in the Western world as compared to Africa? Yeah, this is again another very important uh, uh, um, point to discuss. In the past, we were, um, we were given uh, for ECAN Health and Social Development as one of the mandate to complement the health agendas of member states and address one key area is, uh, you know, to um, cooperate and design programs for any vaccine preventable diseases, including, you know, the six major child killer diseases in, that exist in, in the world. So particularly, you know, affecting African countries and the region. So in this area, we haven't worked um, very good, very well. So uh, there is a, a reluctancy and as I've said, no finance and also uh, no attention and uh, focus of discussion has not, has not been designed on this area. So we need to uh, agree on how to make uh, this program stronger, like uh, in availing vaccines and also educating the public and so on. So uh, whenever the, such kind of pandemic comes and uh, we, we, we may have to, um, uh, to look for other resources and other source of funding. Mm -hmm. So for now, as an emergency, we have done our best to uh, use uh, what we call the COVAX facility to bring all vaccines to member states. And uh, the next step is to have donation from uh, Western countries and also from China and other countries also are willing to give vaccines. Uh, but uh, the access to vaccines uh, is highly dependent on the amount of vaccines that is available. So as you can um, imagine and as you have heard, 
that the vaccine deployed and uh, distributed to African countries is very significant. Yeah, it's very significant. It's below 10 percent of uh, you know what we should expect from um, for the for our population. So the coverage is very weak now. So in order to increase, we need to have two things. One is to um, have a local manufacturing of vaccines in the future. All member states should have to think about it. Yes. And IGAD is working on that. And we are part of the African Union policy and strategy on African Medicine Agency okay. to produce locally manufactured uh, vaccines. And we want to use the pharmaceutical plan for Africa. Uh, as one of the sources of vaccine, and yes. not only vaccine, but medical supplies, medical uh, products. So this is uh, the long-term vision for um, immediate vision. We want to make uh, vaccine accessible to our population through donation, yes. and we are trying our best to have a share uh, globally um, uh, purchased uh, through competitive bidding, globally purchased vaccines to be distributed. But one key area also is uh, mitigating the, uh, you know, the, the, the problem of vaccine is to have a public education to improve the vaccine hesitancy. Even though yes. the vaccine is available, people are reluctant to go and to the vaccination center and have these uh, vaccines. This needs requires a lot of work on publication, public education aspect. Yes. So we need to educate our people. Mm -hmm how vaccines are very important, how uh, prevention is better than cure. Yes. And then before uh, something happens, we need to uh, boost our immunities of vaccine. All these things needs to be communicated to the public and the health workforce are ready, but we need to aggressively give um, the community engagement and then propagate the message. So these are the areas where the vaccination and Another point, um, finally, I would like to say, when you have a vaccine, mm -hmm. you need to have a facility to distribute to the, to the needy at the grassroots level. To do that, you need to have a cold chain system. But the health, health system has not uh, have a very, a very good um, you know, cold chain system in the past, so we need to have adequate preparedness. Cold chain as in storage? Or storage? Yes, storage yeah. and distribution. Okay. You need to to uh, some, requires some money. No, yes, yes. some of the vaccine need yes. below eight degrees centigrade. Yes. Yes. Some of um, need require below two degrees centigrade. Yes. So that requires a huge uh, purchase and distribution of refrigerators and cold chain systems. Yes. Until the the, the yeah, it reaches the grass. Reaches the grass. Yeah, so, and I think that was some of the challenges of of accessing some of these vaccines yes. was yes. how do you keep them stored appropriately stored and distributed yes. another mechanism is to use a mobile clinic mm -hmm. so that people will access to that mobile uh, uh, facility mm -hmm. and then get tested get uh, uh, you know vaccinated and uh, even public education campaigns can be done through mobile uh, uh, vans so that people who are very far from the center and at the periphery and at the cross-border area will get messages through these mobile activities, outreach activities, we call it. So yes. this needs um, a robust plan and adequate finance. Yes. And then in the future, even beyond the pandemic, we want to um, make the health system ready, robust, and also resilient to any, any emerging threats. Yes. So I think um, it's been wonderful to hear from you, Dr. Girum, and to hear your insights. Um, I think you have a lot more to say and we look for other opportunities to maybe 
um, come back to you on some of these issues. Um, maybe I can just summarize some of the key points you made. Um, you know, an effective pandemic response requires cooperation across borders because disease has no borders. Uh, you mentioned financing a number of times that a lot of this goes back to um, inadequate health budgets yes. to begin with. So uh, I feel that the pandemic has assisted your arguments because there's a clear link between the pandemic and its infect, uh, effect on trade and the economy. Yes. So I feel like your finance ministers are hopefully going to be more supportive of your agenda. But I think finally, um, we do need the support of the rest of the world. Um, and hopefully you will agree with me that there should be quality of access to basic uh, medicines and basic preventative care. Um, and you know that it's, it's not possible to segregate one part of the world from the rest. If we are not all protected, we are all at risk. So I think on that note, thank you very much. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again on ALN Academy, the talks. Thank you. Thank you, Aisha. Thank you for having me. Great pleasure.